Welcome to another episode of Reading the Bible Responsibly. We're going to keep talking about the church a little bit. The last couple of episodes, we covered Matthew 16, where Jesus tells Peter he's going to be the rock upon which he builds his church. And we looked at Matthew 18, which talked about what happens when two or three gather in Jesus' name. We actually said that's not about like micro church gatherings, but it's about discernment that happens during the church discipline process. But this does bring up the big question of church. And so I actually want to talk about that word today. What can we say about the word and the concept of church? Is church any gathering of believers in any format, or is it the building where that gathering happens? Let's talk about the word church today. I come from Churches of Christ, and I suspect many of my listeners do too. And I grew up seeing signs on church buildings that said something like, the Main Street Church of Christ meets here. So it didn't just say Main Street Church of Christ, but it said the Main Street Church of Christ meets here. And I heard people talk about like the church house. And I grew up listening to this gem of a song. Go with me for a minute, back to the late 1980s, courtesy of my friend Wes McKenzie and the group AVB, that stands for Acapella Vocal Band. Can't go to church as some people say The common terminology we use every day You can go to a building that is something you can do But you can't go to church because the church is you So we talked about church buildings. We even call the main meeting room an auditorium instead of something like sanctuary or chapel, but that's a different discussion. I used to think that this was just people being picky about language. But now I really appreciate the thinking behind it, even if I wish we maybe wouldn't have made such a big deal to call it out every time we heard someone say church when they should have said church building. But it is a fair distinction to make. Let's go back to the Old Testament where we can see a clear distinction. Exodus 33, 7 and 8. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Notice that phrase, tent of meeting. Those are separate words. One is where the meeting happens, the tent, and the other is the meeting, which is the word for like assembly or gathering. Scripture uses other words to talk about the assembly of God's people. Exodus 12, 3, God tells Moses and Aaron to tell the whole community of Israel. That's the gathering. That's kind of a group with defined boundaries, but it's about a gathering of people. And then number 16, 3 talks about a rebellion of God's people against their leaders. And it says, they, this is the people, came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? That verse uses community and assembly. Those are two other words for the gathered people. And again, it's not about the location, but it's about the group of people. So there are several different words used for community, but they all have to do with the people gathered or called together. But history has shown us that gatherings and the places where the gatherings happen often get conflated and used interchangeably. Think, for instance, of synagogue. That's a Greek word. It was used in the Greek culture even before the Jews, who we might think of it as being used with. But the word synagogue first meant those who were brought or led together but it then came to designate the place of those gatherings. That meaning actually probably shifted with the Jews. Or think of Mars Hill or the Areopagus. You see this show up in Acts when Paul goes and talks with a group of people or a certain location. 
But the Areopagus was a governing council in Athens, but then also was known as this place, Mars Hill, where they sometimes met. So the gathering and the place of gathering got put together. And the same thing has happened with church. And we know from scripture and archaeology that the earliest Christians met in homes. Now, they were large homes that belonged to some of the wealthiest members, typically, because you had to have space for this mid-sized group to gather. The earliest house church structure that archaeology has found dates to about the mid-3rd century. But only in the late 3rd century do we start finding buildings that were not homes that were designated for Christian gatherings. And this makes sense. Early Christianity had to be nomadic and had to be nimble. They often had to meet in catacombs or other hidden places because of threats from the Roman Empire. They couldn't afford fancy structures, and even if they could, they couldn't afford to meet there because of their safety. But with the rise of the Emperor Constantine and Christianity being designated as the legal and sanctioned religion of the Roman Empire, then, of course, church buildings began to flourish, leading down the road to what we now know as cathedrals, and chapels much later on. So the combination of the assembly of God's people and the place where God's people assemble into the word church is unsurprising. But it is theologically true that church is the people, not where the people meet. During COVID-19, everyone had to think about what church meant. There were weeks when the church didn't gather in person, but we still gathered, even if in imperfect and not entirely fulfilling ways. I'm grateful for the church and for our many methods of gathering, but we don't need one specific building. It's nice to have one, but that building in some traditions might be called a chapel. By the way, isn't it interesting that chapel, which we think of as a building, is often sometimes used as a gathering of Christians. So many Christian universities, for instance, have a regular gathering called chapel that may or may not meet in any kind of official religious building. In fact, it's usually in a multifunction auditorium. So in this case, the process sort of worked backwards. What started out correctly as the name of a building came to be known as the function of what happened in that building or the gathering that typically happened in such a building, even if the gathering no longer happened in that kind of building. But getting back to our main point, the common structure of God's people in Israel was the temple. Their activity was centered there, and they believed God dwelled in that building. In fact, they became a little superstitious, believing that God would not leave them because of their unfaithfulness, because he'd never abandoned the temple, of course. But Jeremiah warns them about this false security, and he says in Jeremiah 7:4, Do not trust in deceptive words and say, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. It's kind of like when you say home base when you're playing tag as a way to designate a safe spot. The New Testament tells us that Jesus fills the function of the temple, and so do we. If we envision the temple as the place where heaven and earth meet, Jesus now fills that function. That's John 2. If we envision the temple as the place where God dwells, he now dwells in our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6. The New Testament writers talk about the church as the body of Christ. That body has many important parts, and you are one of them. So let's be the church together, and let's continue to assemble at the church buildings or whatever spaces they might be. But let's not place false security on our showing up at these particular buildings. Assembling as the church is vital. 
where we assemble is up for grabs. So go be the church and go to the church building. I hope if you haven't already, you will make sure and follow or subscribe to this podcast. If you've been listening for a while and hear me talk about leaving reviews, but you haven't done that yet, I'd love it if you'd take a minute to do that. Leave a star rating, and if your podcast platform lets you write a review, that's even more helpful. And if you've listened for a while but haven't shared this, I'd love it if you'd think of maybe one of your social media platforms and just pick an episode and share it there and ask people to listen and maybe tell them why you found that particular episode interesting. Or if you just want to send it in a text message to a friend or family member, that would be great too. The more you help share this and spread the word, the bigger our community can grow and the more we can learn from each other. So I'm grateful for all of you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.